welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fertility Conversations. Today, I'm joined by a lovely guest, Narelle from Australia. She's the author of the newly released book, Baby Dream, and will be sharing her infertility journey with us today. Her details would also be in the show notes. So welcome, Narelle, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. Yay, thank you. And to start off, we usually say, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, my name's Narelle Hudson. Um, I live in Brisbane in Australia and I'm 42 years old. Um, I live with my husband and I have my own counselling practice and natural healing practice um, where I work with people around grief, around infertility, mental health, um, relationships, a whole range of different areas to help them with their healing and support them and I'm also an author as well. Oh that's wonderful and with your work in the counseling did that uh, start from your own journey or is that always something you did? Um, No it definitely was a byproduct of um, my experiences with infertility when I started my infertility journey I was actually an early childhood teacher and Yeah, it was really hard to continue in that profession Mm. when I was going through all my rounds of IVF and struggling to conceive. So, yeah, yeah, I kind of got pushed out of that for a few different reasons. There were also like some politics behind it as well. But yes, obviously, because of the emotional journey I was on, it was hard to work with little kids every day. Yeah, yeah. And then later oh. I studied counselling. And, and it's great to have you in the counselling uh, space, right? Because lots of people do need counselling throughout the, the journey for different reasons. So it's great to have you uh, able to support people. Yes, very much. I think it's such an isolating time when people are going through infertility problems and when they even lose babies it's such a difficult time I know when I was going through my journey I couldn't even find a counsellor who really understood it like you really need someone who actually understands it's such a niche kind of area as well yeah so that'll be this is this is a good time to you know get into your journey um if you could please tell us a little bit about your journey um so far yeah, of course. So I guess um, my journey started when I was really young, like with most women, we're kind of in a society where everyone expects us to have children because we're women and that's what women do. And so my, my journey started when I was very young. Even my mum from an early age was always um, always talking about when she had grandchildren and then we'd do this mm. and we'd do that and she was buying baby clothes for me when I was like 12 like oh, wow. <laughs> I was always expected that I would go down that path and so I 
um, was looking for the perfect person, the perfect mm -hmm. man in my case, um, so that I could have that family and have that fairy tale with someone. And then I finished my teaching degree and I met my husband um, in my first year out of uni when I was, must have been about 24. And yes, we just kind of hit it off, but he had already had children. He had three of his own from a previous marriage. He was a little bit older than I. Mm -hmm. And after he'd had his three children with his wife at the time, they had decided that um, they wouldn't have any more children. And of course he never knew it would end and he would meet me. So he had had a vasectomy. So from the get-go, there were obviously some pretty, you know, pretty solid um, yeah. signs that it was going to be a bit more challenging. And at first I thought, oh, well, you know, I'm young and I'm normal and fertile. I think, um, mm -hmm. you know, it'll be easy for me to conceive. So at first there was a lot of blame there around, you know, why did I pick this person that's going to make my journey more difficult? Right. But, um, yeah, but we, we got through that and we... Um, ended up realizing that IVF was our only path moving forward and that was a grief in its in itself just accepting that I wasn't going to have a baby the natural way right. I've always been a natural person I don't have chemicals I'm a vegan like I always do really healthy things for my body and yes it was quite a shock to know that I was only going to conceive if I went through all of the hormones and injections and needles and everything that that journey consists of. Right. Um, and then when we went into IVF, you get over that sort of grief and then you think, oh, it'll be, it'll be easy, it'll work because, you know, I'm young and I'm thin and, you know, I don't have any fertility problems of my own, so I should be fine. Um, and we went through four cycles and it just kept going like the emotional and financial upheaval of it all it's just such a roller coaster ride of constant grief and loss as you keep losing every cycle and potentially that egg that was meant to be the baby yeah yeah and so the doctors didn't even know what was going wrong they're like well this is unusual I became a bit of a guinea pig I think for them because they're like well why has this not worked in four rounds and then, yeah, that's another long story on its own, but they had been actually putting the eggs in the wrong spot and not in my uterus. Really? <laughs> so that's why I didn't fall pregnant. <laughs> How is that possible? Didn't, like... uh, um, <laughs> um, I have a very interesting body. I have like a maybe too much information. I have a micro <laughs> uterus, which is like a uh, double right. uterus. Right, okay. And so they couldn't actually put the eggs back in my uterus without doing it under surgery. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, so the fifth time they finally had worked out what was going on, they'd done another um, operation, a hysteroscopy, just so that they could find out what was going on and what was going wrong. And then they put the fifth lot of eggs back into my uterus under surgery and I felt pregnant. And we thought, oh, this is it. You know, they finally solved the puzzle. I'm pregnant. Everything's going to be fine. And 
it was. I had a really healthy pregnancy until I got to 23 weeks. And then I started getting pains in my back, which I definitely didn't know at the time were early signs of contractions. And um, ended up at the hospital and there was nothing they could really do. I was already dilated by the time I got to the hospital and my son was born naturally 30 minutes later. And yeah, beautiful river, we called him. And he was perfect. He was just too too young. His lungs weren't developed properly and the hospital were kind of panicked, I think, because they didn't know what to do and they didn't have anything to support him. My husband was like, well, where's the humidity crib? What are you doing? And they're like, well, there's nothing we can do. So we just held him until he passed away. I'm so sorry. Yeah, thank you. So it was lovely that we got to spend that time with him, but yeah, obviously <laughs> months and years of grief come after that. Yeah. Yeah. And doctors were already talking the next day about how we would replace him and how I would get pregnant again. And my husband and I were already exhausted by that stage. And I think our marriage would have probably had problems if we kept going. Right. Just because it had been such a an emotional and financial investment and we yeah. were really strong but yeah there's only so much you can cope with isn't there so we decided to make the really hard decision not to try again yeah hence the title of my book which is Whoa. the baby dream, yeah. baby dream. <laughs> yes so that was that was the inspiration for your book baby dream Yes, very much. Um, it started off, I just wrote it for myself because I've always been a writer and that's how I process things and heal. Mm. And mm. so I wrote it for myself selfishly to start with, I guess. But yeah, but then through my journey, I realized it needed to be out there for other people to read because as a counselor, I know that we don't talk about these things and that's mm. why you know podcasts like yours are so amazing we're actually talking about these taboo topics that no one really yeah. wants to talk about or hear about yeah and we need to talk about it because people are dealing with it right and people feel more mm. alone because they're not talking about it they don't realize that exactly. other people have perhaps dealt with something similar mm. so it's so important to have these conversations and to have books like yours right because someone else reads and says oh okay Narelle is out there she knows what I'm feeling mm. I can reach out to her yeah yeah and it's just my story but I think it connects with other people in terms of there's common themes that we go through in grief and infertility journeys that they can relate to and as you said then they don't feel so alone they feel like someone else kind of gets what they're going through yeah yeah. And currently for that book, it's available on Amazon Australia. I know you mentioned and that mm-hmm. um, shortly, hopefully soon, it will be available elsewhere and other Amazons, right? Yes, definitely. It's available in Australia on my website, which is narellehudson.com and on Booktopia and Amazon Australia and my publisher's website, Animal Dreaming Publishing. 
but um, yes, it's yet to sort of make it overseas, I think, because of the COVID restrictions. They're just mm-hmm, yeah. not putting it up until they actually physically have my book in their hands because <laughs> right. postage yeah. is taking a bit longer at the moment. But exactly. it's on the way. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> it's going to come to us shortly. <laughs> um, and during that whole time, uh, you know, when you like when you were going through your journey and how, how did you find support? Was there any support available for you? Um, I think unlike other women that I've spoken to, my best support was my husband. I know women often say that their men don't get it or they don't understand. Yeah. And in, in lots of ways, of course, my husband couldn't understand because it's my body and you go through it in different ways and feel different griefs, even though you're going through something similar. But um, yeah, he was just my rock. He was so supportive. I get emotional just talking about it because he's just, yeah, been there the whole time. And yeah, I couldn't have done it without him. (laughs) And that's so important, right? Because both of you um, probably just rely on each other during because you both have experienced it. You're both there seeing everything day to day, mm-hmm. seeing what you're going through, like you said, through the whole IVF cycles, through, through all of it, you're both there. Yeah, and we kind of had to rely on each other because we were living in a small country town and we were far away from family and friends. And yeah, it kind of was just us at the time. Yeah. And I reached out and tried to find books and couldn't even find anything written by a woman at the time. I found mm. something written by a man, but of course it didn't really connect <laughs> with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I didn't really feel like there was much emotional support through the IVF clinics. It seemed very sterile and, you know, very technical and yeah. medical and scientific, but it didn't seem to be on that emotional level of you know getting what you're going through yeah because they just do their part right like okay this is a cycle to the transfer mm-hmm. okay see ya and then <laughs> <laughs> you have to somehow find a way to navigate the rest of it by yourself or with a support group so yeah, yeah definitely because you know I remember getting through three or four rounds of IVF and being in tears in the specialist office and she was just like, passed me a box of tissues and said, do you want to quit? And I'm like, oh, no, I don't uh, want to quit, but yeah. I need more than just that. Exactly. <laughs> a tissue do you want to quit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there needs to be more understanding. I mean, I, mean, I guess it's hard for them because, mm. I don't know, because they see so many people and it's just like, oh, okay, what do you want to do? But somehow yeah. I think they need to find a way to to merge the support it's either within the clinic or at least through a referral for their patients mm-hmm. so people know there's another place for this kind of support that I need yeah mm. very much so yeah and yeah. as you said it's not her fault I'm sure she saw 20 30 40 people yeah. a day and yeah she's trying to protect herself as well but yeah, um, yeah. yeah. and I, I, I like how you, you know you mentioned earlier that, you know, your husband and yourself considered the impact of any future cycles on your relationship. And of course, infertility does have uh, plays a huge role on relationships. Sometimes it can pull people apart. 
sometimes it can draw them closer. So how would you say, I mean, of course, I know that you relied on each other, but in your relationship, how would you say that, what was the impact of infertility on you both? Yeah, I definitely think in our instance, it pulled us closer together and made us really, really strong united front where, you know, as you said, often you find that couples do separate, especially after they lose a child, like it's a very difficult path to navigate because every human grieves differently. And often you can kind of feel isolated even when you're grieving together because both of you are doing it differently and you don't necessarily understand how the other person's grieving or you don't think they're doing it the right way. They're doing it right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But there is no right or wrong way to do it. And, yeah, I think it's about just that acceptance, which is really powerful, just accepting that everyone's doing the best they can, even though it is hard and... There are no rules that come with that. There's no manual, is there? (laughs) No, no. Well said. Thank you for sharing that, Narelle. And, you know, of course, you noted earlier as well that infertility, baby loss is such a taboo subject. Mm -hmm. And when you were uh, going through uh, different stages in your cycles as well, you couldn't really find... um, anyone that was really addressing that from the female perspective. Uh, Why have you decided to speak out and share your story considering that it is highly stigmatized and still so much taboo attached to it? Because it's so important for us to talk about it. It really is. And also because I'm very spiritual and um, my my son talks to me and I connect with him in spirit. And um, he's been plaguing me for nearly 11 years, which is how long he's been passed away to share our story, mummy. He says, share our story. Wow. Yeah, so I'm guided by spirit to share it as well as know logically that it's important to share it. It just took me this long because I'm human and I obviously had to go through all the grief and not go through it in terms of get out the other side because I don't believe we ever get over it but to be in a place where I can share with other people without still being in the trenches myself yeah Yeah. um I wonder if it's okay for you to tell me a little bit more about that I'm not sure because when you (laughs) said that you you know you communicate with your son and he speaks to you to share. Do you mind sharing more about that? Because I'm not, I think for people that might uh, be spiritual, unspiritual, but I, I would just like to know more if you're willing to, to share uh, that aspect as well. Yeah, of course. Um, so for me, spirituality um, encompasses many things. I think that was part of my support when I was going through infertility as well. Um, mm-hmm. I often, um, well, I was running a natural therapy business at the time. And so I am a Reiki master and I do crystal healings and right. um, different spiritual healing practices with energy. And that helped me with my healing And I think part of that spirituality for lots of us, if we're open, is to have that clairvoyance or clairsentience 
to be able to connect with spirit as well. And mm. not everyone, you know, hears their voice or sees them. Um, obviously, clairvoyance is where you see spirit. And I don't do that. I don't see spirit. But mm. I have what's called clairsentience where I just have a knowing, like I just know things that I wouldn't know if I was thinking right. logically, things mm -hmm. that I couldn't know. And um, after I lost River, I also did connect with um, psychic mediums um, who actually did bring my son through and um, depart, um, I guess, relay messages from him to me as well, just so I could have that connection with him as well. And I think, you know, sometimes that happens more subtly for people as well. They get um, little signs or something. People tell right. me that they, you know, see feathers or they you know see coins or butterflies or something birds yeah. just little signs that remind them or that you know show them that that person's around even though they're not on the earth anymore yeah and that must does be that very uh, yes it does and I think mm -hmm. that must provide I mean nothing can take away the pain of the grief but at I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, if that will bring some kind of comfort when when your baby says to you, for you to share your share story and to let people know, um, just to see how he's feeling about or excited about you sharing this the story. Does that that bring some kind of comfort for you? Yes, I think so. As you said, the the grief doesn't diminish, but it, it does bring, I guess, that connection that, you know, you mm. still have a relationship with that person, even though they're not here. And yeah. in counselling terms, we call that continuing bonds. You still have that relationship with the person through the memories that you've shared with them. Right. When they were here, and obviously I don't have that many memories of when he was here because he was only with me for 23 weeks in my tummy and 45 minutes in physical form so there are less memories <laughs> but yeah we still have that continuing bond which I think is definitely comforting to people to know that you know that connection is still there yeah thank you so much for sharing that Narelle and for going uh, into more details I think that it will be very helpful for people that are also exploring um, the spiritual aspects of their journey. So mm -hmm. thank you. Okay. And, and now of course we have the book out. And so yes. you know, people can, can read your story and um, keep sharing and learn from it and also be inspired by it. So thank you for, for uh, choosing to write that from your experience and helping other women and men around the world yes yes thank you i think it's important that we acknowledge men too because yeah. i think we do often target these things at women but it can also be helpful for men who don't understand what their partner's going through and yeah. want to be there to support them the best way they can yes definitely we need more men in this conversation because you know especially even with infertility with loss they are also experiencing uh, their own grief and, um, you know, pain. 
uh, it might be different or they might express it differently, like you noted earlier, but they also need support. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. thank you for acknowledging that as well. Uh, and so Narelle, if there was any quote or word of affirmation that you have found helpful during your journey, would you like to share any with us? Um, yes, I, I love the one by Brené Brown. Um, I, I think her. she's inspirational. She's amazing. And, <laughs> yeah. And um, my favourite quote of hers is, one day you will tell your story of how you overcame what you went through and it will be someone else's survival guide. Yes. That's perfect. And that's what baby dream is, isn't it? And even you sharing your story, yes. You never know yeah. who needs to read it, who needs to hear, and you know who would be so inspired and encouraged and helped by hearing your story. So thank you for helping to break the taboo and break the stigma and standing out to share your story. Thank you, Narelle. Thank you. And you do that too, so thank you. Yeah. And knowing what you know now, what would you tell, I don't know, 18-year-old Narelle? If you could go back in time. Um, yeah, that, that's a tricky one. Just to, I guess, be more kind to yourself and yeah. that it's enough just to be you. You don't have to be anything that society says you need to be. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. That's so we important. put a lot of pressure on ourselves, don't we, to be a mother or uh, have a career or have a house or like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to meet society's expectations I think. Yeah and when you don't meet it you start to question yourself and blame yourself and compare yourself with other people but everyone's different everyone's journey is different everyone's path is different but every single one of them matters all our stories and every single one of them is beautiful uh well even though, yeah so thank you we need to uh, definitely be kinder to ourselves mm. and as a wrap-up Narelle are there any words of encouragement for any individual or couple currently dealing with infertility what would you say to them um that just be really kind to yourself because it's a roller coaster ride there are the ups and the downs and it's hard it's not an easy journey. So, yeah, just be really patient with yourself and surround yourself by people who can just hold space for you and just listen. Yeah. And, yeah, and don't be afraid to, you know, separate or give yourself a bit of space from the people who just can't get it, even if they're trying. Because yeah. initially I thought those people just didn't care because they didn't understand, but... In retrospect, I know that they really did care. It was just really hard for them to sit by and watch you in pain and not be able to do anything. Exactly. But sometimes they're not the right people to have around when you need yeah. someone who does understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, Norel. And if there's anyone listening as well that wants to reach out to you for support or for counselling, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, so my website is norellhudson.com. And yes, I do um, telehealth as well. So I can do online counseling and okay, telephone counseling as well. And my book's on the website as well. 
That's perfect. So that means anywhere around the world, you can still support people. They don't have to be in yeah. Australia. Yes. Yeah, I think there are different insurance policies with some areas in America for counselling, but yeah, can definitely support people overseas in some areas as well. Perfect. Well, we can work out postage to get you your book before it gets to Amazon. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's an option, exactly. That's an option, exactly. If, if Amazon now, uh, the rest of the world is taking too long, we'll just ship it out and yeah. get the book. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, Noelle. It's been uh, amazing having you on here today. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your story, for writing your book and inspiring us all around the world for, you know, for, for choosing to challenge the status quo of um, keeping quiet and breaking the stigma around infertility and uh, baby loss. Um, for sharing your story of uh, Baby Riva uh, with us today. So thank you. And, you know, for, for also uh, enlightening us about the spiritual aspect of uh, grief and how that can also uh, help uh, people that are looking to, willing to explore that option as well. So thank you so much, um, Narelle. Thank you, Allah. Yeah, it's been amazing having you on here. Uh, and I know that lots of people are going to be inspired by your story and encouraged. Uh, and uh, it's been a pleasure having you on here and I look forward to having you again in the near future. Lovely, I'd love that, thanks. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.